Um, welcome to McLaren Fans Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Uh, with me this week is, of course, as always, Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And joining us all the way from the Netherlands is Jaco. Say hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> nice maybe, to be here. Maybe even in Dutch. Look here to Shane. Excellent, excellent. Lekker, lekker. <laughs> right, so, um, yeah, we've uh, obviously got a lot to talk about this evening. Um, we've had a really good weekend for McLaren. Um, there's been a lot happening even before the race weekend with uh, the reveal of the sort of new livery and the Gulf livery, uh, Lando's contract, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, but first of all, let's uh, let's have a chat to our guest this evening Yako and um yeah just you know uh, tell us a little bit about yourself how long have you been an F1 fan um I have been following F1 ever since the the Spanish Grand Prix in 2016 okay the one where my fellow Dutchman won the the race you're you are allowed to say Max on this podcast Max but you're not Max my fellow Dutchy won the race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So ever since I have been watching F1. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and enjoying it. Yeah. It's. Uh, I. Yeah. Well. I. Um, I love. Yeah. I. I never thought I would love it the way I do right now. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, I think that catches all of us a little bit. I think. Yeah. You know, some of us have. Uh, you know, start, we some of us started from watching from our parents and things like that. Some of us just accidentally discover it, and yeah. I think we all kind so of did I. yeah. I think we all get to that point where we go, "Oh, hang on, this is quite addictive and quite exciting." Um, uh, even though some people might say Monaco isn't the most exciting race, uh, but you can you always have to be there. Happy. You have to be there. It's exciting if you go there. <laughs> yeah. Not all of us have got a yacht like you, Sarah. Well, I did yeah. in 2019. Did you? All right. Okay. Well, I we did. definitely have to yeah. talk about that then. So, um, yeah. yeah, just uh, a, a couple of things. Obviously, um, uh, we noticed that you uh, you are a race reporter for Grid Talk. Which, yeah. Um, you know, um, and also you write some articles for Trackside Legends. I believe you did one on McLaren last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Yeah. I mean, do you want to give us a bit of an idea what that was about and? Uh, maybe people can go um, and have a look and find that. Well, about Grid Talk, I have been uh, joined by the team. Uh, I've, I've, I've been joining the team since two weeks now. And it's very exciting. I'm basically, after the race, I'm writing the report of the race. So very detailed. In case you missed the race, read my report. And then you're all caught up uh, again. Um, but for Trackside Legends, uh, I got the assignment first to do uh, to write about um, the whole background story of Daniel Ricciardo and my, that was my first article uh, my second article was also an assignment about McLaren and yeah, yeah I basically dived into the team broad history and I interviewed yeah some three very very passionate fans I, uh, I met on the, on the, the social media uh so yeah it, it's been very uh um very amazing to to read about the team and dive in 
deeper into the team and, and the history and, and about all the legends they they managed to to brought up. Yeah, I think there's you know there's yeah. a lot of history to go along with the team. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the thing that that struck me uh, when I read when I read your article was um, how you were sort of fascinated and taken back by the amount of McLaren fans that were out there. Now, if we yeah. talk about sort of 2016 when you started getting into sport and you saw the McLaren fans, around, but we're you know we described those years as the Honda years where we weren't doing so well. Yeah. They were dark, um, dark, dark days. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Um, you know there is quite a big fan base there, uh, more than yeah. sort of you, you sort of realise, I think. Um, and sometimes you know it's, it's because there's a certain driver at the team. But also, we seem to have a lot, a good share of fans who are McLaren fans, who support the team, not the driver. They support mm-hmm. the drivers who are in the team. But you get, yeah. you get what I mean. I th- and I think maybe you can sort of say that, um, sort of Ferrari have that sort of same sort of thing. Williams have that same sort Definitely. of thing. Maybe not so much sort of Aston Martin, Force India, sort of kind of teams and stuff like that, but. You know, it's it's all about the heritage and the history, um, yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Tell us um, a little bit about when you went to Monaco a few years ago, then, and what it was like, and and maybe you can show, sort of share some uh, insights with Sarah, who's been there as well. <laughs> well, it it it's been uh, it's been a Grand Prix that has been on my bucket list for for a very long time. And yeah, to be able to go then, yeah, it's of course, that's incredible. But the whole atmosphere there, and yeah, there's some sort of, yeah, it, it, there's a special vibe ar- around the around the, the track when you're there. It's some sort of glamour too. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's also known to be a very easy Grand Prix to, to get to meet drivers. So I, uh, yeah, I, I met some, some people I met. Lando and um, Daniel Ricardo. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been very uh, incredible, and it, yeah, it, it's it's um, also nice to 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 walk the track there. It's so iconic. It, it's perhaps, in my opinion, the most iconic track on the calendar every year. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did you find yeah. it when you went, Sarah? Well, I've been four times to Monaco, so oh. I've been quite lucky because we managed to get an apartment in Beausoleil, so we were literally a 10-minute walk from the Casino Square. I think the people that I saw that stayed in Nice that had to get the train back every night had lots of hassles around that because it seemed to be that there were always strikes going on with the, the rail companies and things like that, mm. and that meant they had to leave by 10 or 10.30 at night, and that was it. And you can't just hail a taxi in Monaco either. You have to book one. So they were pretty much stuck. Um, So we found that being local was great and we could basically go out all night. So we offset our day so that we stayed out late and then got up later the next day as well. Um, Yeah, meeting drivers in Monaco, you you practically have to bat them away. They're everywhere. You know, you, you sit down to have a drink and they're doing their track walk straight past you. If you get there earlier in the in the uh, the race week, you can go to the football match that they have, which um, is very cheap to to get access to. Um, and then you'll see legends like Mika Hakkinen playing football with uh, young youngsters like Charles Leclerc. So uh, you get a you get a real mix there. 
Um, but yeah, you know, we were very lucky. I've I've watched Quali from the Fairmont um, Casino before and at the iconic hairpin. In fact, that's my photo that I have on my meetings at work. So I test colleagues at work. I test them. If they say, oh, I see in your photo you're in Monaco, then I know they're good people. Um, if they don't know where the photo is, then I know, you know, then they're, they're not going to be F1 friends. That's for sure. But no, really, really enjoyed Monaco. Can't wait to go again. Um, been very lucky because I was writing for a website. Then I got to go to the Amber Lounge and do all of those kind of things. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. It isn't as expensive as everyone says it is. It doesn't have to be. You can walk the track and buy a lager for five euros, the same price you'd pay anywhere. You know, if you want to go to to Cafe de Paris, then you pay for that. But it is possible to do Monaco and not spend a mint. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think everybody thinks it's the most expensive thing that you can do. But it is if you go and do all the glamour stuff and, you know, uh, all the rest of it. And kind of, I guess, if you stay in the Fairmount Hotel, you're going to be paying a pretty penny for one of those uh, uh, rooms. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously, Monaco tickets as well are a little bit more expensive. But there are ways and means of actually seeing the race and from sort of uh, general admission, isn't there? So. And and certainly, Andy, one of the best things about Monaco is that the ticket days you buy separately. So you can always pick up a Thursday ticket and sit in Casino Square for 80 euros. You've got the, the view of the millionaires. You're just not doing it on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Where it costs you £500, probably. <laughs> yeah. More than £500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a place I'd like to go. It's definitely on the bucket list of tracks. Um, uh, and on the, and on that note, um, how good was it to see some fans there this weekend? Um, you know, we've yeah. seen a few races where there's yeah. been a few fans and everything else like that, but it actually looked like almost like a proper race. Um, uh, yes, the grandstands weren't full, but you're going to expect that. But they they were probably as much capacity as what they could have been this weekend. But you also saw fans kind of mingling a little bit more you saw fans getting autographs off drivers i saw a clip of sebastian giving some fans oh yeah some giving caps the caps. that was signed and stuff like that and you know yes all right we're a mclaren podcast but it's good to see some of the drivers getting back into interacting with fans and not being sort of like um oh, i mustn't go anywhere near them because of covid or anything else like that and yeah. it just feels like a little bit of normality mm-hmm. coming back um, yeah. I saw a large number of team members have photos with Tom Holland from Spider-Man as well. They all seem to be getting quite close. So, uh, yeah. so obviously, yeah, there were some Monaco events this weekend that people were quite happy to get close up. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise who Tom Holland was until uh, the clip of McLaren Garage playing Spider-Man as he went past and then it clicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK, Granddad. <laughs> I'm not quite as uh, down with all of the new cool stuff as what I make out anyway. Yeah, so um, let's have a quick chat about uh, the preceding week to the Grand Prix. Um, we had the sort of teasers from McLaren the, the coming up to the Sunday night, 6 p.m. reveal. There was going to be some big news. We'd seen some of the journalists tweet that they'd been to an event earlier that week and there was something big going to happen from McLaren. There was plenty of speculation that it might be uh, Le Mans entry or something like that. Something um, really big, yeah. Something really big. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then they kind of went and re- revealed the 
the golf livery. And if I'm going to be honest, it took me completely by surprise. I wasn't expecting anything like that. Um, what we what were your kind that's of thoughts? That's not true. Ah, that's not true. We talked and we said, "What could it be?" We talked about what it could be, and one of the things we discussed was a one-off livery. Was it not? Yes, but not golf. Not, not such golf, an iconic right? thing like that, you know. No, we we thought it was going to look like the MP44 and be red and white, didn't we? Yeah, that we was thought, there. You know, going back to the eighties, McLaren, it might be something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, Yako, what 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 did you think when you first saw it and came out? Oh, I I loved it from the start. Uh, it was so so different than yeah, the, like the 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 livery that has been revealed at the beginning of the season. It's so I love the colors. I I loved it completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, certainly eye catching, wasn't it? So yeah, it was. And it's it's funny because that color, that sort of color blue, that's my like my favorite color. So yeah. That's uh, it's been very uh, nice to see. So it's I bet you streets. did you buy all of the merchandise when it came out? Then? Not no, not yet. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we'll we'll get onto that bit in a minute because yeah. I like to talk about how <laughs> the merch sort of happened and went. Um, I I also felt sort of, uh, um, you know, <laughs> our, our friend of the show who's been on um. Who's been on before? Gino, who makes the paper bottles. They revealed yeah. the the golf livery, and then they revealed the IndyCar livery. And I just thought, poor Gino, he's gonna he's gonna be a very uh, busy boy making yeah. the new he's done models. Them, he's done them by like the next day, hadn't he? Did yeah. you not see his tweets? Yeah, and they looked amazing, didn't they? They looked fantastic. Yeah, um, certainly did. He's really got a talent for that, and each one that he does mm-hmm. seems to be better and better. If um. Uh, we'll put we'll put a link in on the Twitter to some of these models and retweet it later on um, if you're listening to this and you've not seen them yet. But they are worth a look out. They are definitely definitely brilliant. So there you go. So um, yeah, so we had the livery reveal. Um, there was a little bit of people going, "Oh, I do like it," or we were expecting a bit more on Twitter and everything like that. I was completely blown away. Um, and then we had sort of. Uh, the driver's helmet reveal later on in the week to go with it. And I thought they were brilliant. I thought they worked pretty well. Um, you know, um, I, I expect there'll be some half scales made at some point, which we'll all clamor to buy for our collections. Um, but yeah, Sarah, did you did you keep an eye on that? And I know that you have, uh, I'm going to use this term very loosely, a large collection of helmets. <laughs> I uh, I do have a large collection of helmets, which I polish, especially Jensen's. That's my favourite one to polish. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I was I was quite interested, you know, especially lights. You know, Lando's was this uh, on a theme of what he normally has, but with that colour scheme. But I especially like bands. The the McLaren cars logo on the side really a nod to the, you know, the the heritage logos that we're used to. So no, I, I thought they were really great. I'm sure there'll be stuff coming out. Um, and I feel at this point, when we're talking about merch and stuff, I do feel sorry for some people. I look on Twitter and they see older people like myself and you, Andy. We've got disposable income and we buy the merch. I buy the hat. I bought the zip up top. 
you know, I'll buy the helmet. But we've got to remember some of the fans that we share our timeline with are younger than us. They might be students. They haven't got the money. And um, what I wouldn't want them to think is that when we share pictures of our merchandise, that we're rubbing their noses in it. Um, unfortunately, we love buying all this stuff and we're really old and we've got jobs and no kids. So we can spend all our money on whatever we like. Um, but yeah, so many people were saying, oh, it's sold out. Oh, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. So I felt a bit sorry for them. Yeah, they are um, doing um, a restock later in the year, aren't they? Yeah. But like you say, I think that the, the price of some of it is, is quite um, yeah, quite eye-watering, really, especially if you are sort of just, you know, not even earning a lot or, you know, yeah. you, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to be choosing between buying a cap and can I you know eating eating. (laughs) essentially yeah exactly that it's and it would be nice I mean it was nice of McLaren to add another 10% on for McLaren papaya uh, for McLaren plus members um you know so if you do want a bit of a discount on the McLaren store make sure you do sign up for McLaren plus you'll get 10% off which is always you know it's better than nothing um but it would be nice if they would do some sort of bundles where if you bought a couple of things together it made it a lot cheaper um maybe well, I've, always liked, I've always liked the idea that they might do some sort of you know loyalty scheme where you get a, a point for every time you buy something and then you collect up enough points eventually you might be able to get a free something for yourself yeah um but that you know but yeah so i'm i'm, I'm only calling that out because i i know some people can't afford it but what i did think was good this weekend to trade against that McLaren did a lot of competitions this weekend. Um, you can enter the draw to win a helmet. You can enter the draw, draw to win a race suit. All of those kind of things. I thought it was really good that they were trying to share some of that stuff with us, with the logos on it. Yeah, I love saying that. Going to your local um, supermarket wearing a driver's suit and a race helmet might look a little bit weird, <laughs> whereas a cap wouldn't really. But, yeah. Um yeah, go. What did you think of the merch and the um, the sort of launch of that and the the drivers' helmets and things like that? Well, I loved uh, the 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 text on the back of Daniel's helmet, like the "These are my streets." Oh yeah, because he's been shown to be very yeah consistent in Monaco and very good, strong. So I I really liked the the the, the little text on the back, and yeah, I think. Uh, in general, Daniel is is a very yeah is a is a great person when it comes to to amazing helmet designs. So I I love this one uh, very much, and I I also like the the it it, it they showed a, a little some sort of goggles on the helmet, the like the, yeah. the re- retro uh, goggles. Oh yeah, yeah the, on, like, on like Bruce McLaren used to wear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that detail a lot so uh yeah but i haven't bought any merch unfortunately but uh i hope they uh they restock yeah hopefully on the restock um people can pick yeah. some stuff up um exactly we, we might even have another podcast giveaway if we can get hold of a cap or something like that and see if we can give that yeah. away in a future sort of episode yeah. let's see um one thing I, I would say is that whilst it's you know kind of only happened in the last week for us as fans and everything else like that. This this has taken a long time to plan. This is not just a couple of weeks ago. Let's just change the livery for Monaco. This has taken months 
well, maybe even been is, a year in the planning. This is something that yeah. you have to notice more of now with all of the teams because things with COVID have changed in the way they're able to engage with their partners and what they do for their sponsorship. So in order to try and engage, you know, do, do you remember when we had the McLaren Home Fest? The, the DJ in the evening was sponsored by one of the, the Vibe sponsors, you know, one of the cigarette sponsors we have. And they're trying to engage with people. So being a partner of a team is a lot harder at the moment. So they've had to come up with new ways of doing something about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's mm-hmm. a, well, it's a, it's a spectacular way to do it, really. <laughs> yeah, but I really like it because it's a one-off, because it's special. Um, yeah. So but I we... wouldn't. So I've I've seen people say, "Oh, I want to keep it forever now because it's a lucky car." Yeah, we we've we've done well in other colours. You know, we don't need to keep it. <laughs> yeah. So we run a we run a poll on our Twitter for the last twenty four hours after the race. Um, asking people whether they would um, keep the livery for the rest of the season or whether they would go back to papaya or just have it for special occasions. And uh, no surprise, overwhelmingly, 63% said they, they would keep it, um, which didn't really surprise me. But I think, yes. I well, think we've just, already been told we're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that's the thing. It, it makes it more special if it's just for this one event. And... Um, you know, maybe they'll do something similar next year or last race of the season or something like that. Um, but it would be nice if they um, kept one at the MTC for people to see when people can get and go on a tour and stuff like that. Right, so uh, let's just move on to another point before we talk about the race. Um, so, yeah, one of the other good things that came out last week, it seemed to be bam, 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 was Lando signed a multi-year contract with the team um it's great because it's good to have them for the future i think i you know i've i've always been a a fan i've always thought he's got talent i always thought he's a good driver but i think he's gone to another level this year um and i think he's also proved a few people wrong who have said oh he's just there because there's some money or he's you know he's not as good as what carlos was or anything else like that I think he's shown that he's a good driver in his own right. Um, definitely. He's definitely got speed. This car is definitely to his liking. And to sign him up for at least another two years from what I would call a multi-year contract would be that. I think it's a great move by the team. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Yeko? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, did, I didn't saw it coming at first, the, the announcement. It came as a surprise. Um, but I think it's good to uh, to keep him, um, and he definitely proved a lot of people wrong because I heard a lot of people saying, "Yeah, he's not, he's never serious enough, and he's always that sort of goofball, like funny and jokes around." Uh, but yeah, no, he he's shown some true talent and got amazing results so far. So I think he's definitely. A good one to keep. Well, yeah. Sarah. Well, you know, he's come through the McLaren Young Driver Scheme and, and, and Zach yeah. and the team have supported him for a long time. So I think it's important. You know, many, many people were a little bit disappointed when Stoffel left the team because they felt like we'd brought someone up as a junior. We'd, we'd shown commitment to them. And then when it suited us, we just pushed them off to one side. So I'm really glad to see that we've committed to keeping Lando 
he's his raw talent and enthusiasm is something we certainly need in the team. And I know a lot of people thought that when Dan joined the team, he would be the natural senior player and perhaps Lando would be playing catch up to him than having been a race winner in the past. Then what Lando's showing you now is, is that everything that the team does that puts more confidence in his, in his stock, like renewing his contract, is just more fuel in the fire for him. Um, and yeah, what a, what a great culmination this weekend to go and prove that and get on the podium. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get on to the race in a second. I think certainly, um, you know, you mentioned about some of the drivers that we've had in the past. Obviously, we had Checo for a couple of years, then we had K-Mag for a few years, and then Stoffel for a few years. And so, it was, yeah, there was a bit of a revolving door, but um, yeah, it's good to see um, talent coming through the system and, you know, actually um, being rewarded with a contract um, that hopefully, you know, um, allows him to stay for a few more years and hopefully we can get the best out of him. Uh, let's move on to the sort of race now. Um, one thing I would say is that. I thought that the on practice day, I watched some of the practice and I thought the livery on track looked absolutely amazing, um, as did all the race suits and everything else that was golf liveried up. Um, I thought they'd done a fantastic job of it all. It really did look like a really good sort of um, uh, setup. Um, and, I, you know, I can only think that uh, the, the people at the sponsors of golf were sat there thinking this is this is really good for us. Gold mine. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, and and I think you know Monaco's a a very um, even if you're not an F1 fan, you probably kind of pick up on the Monaco result once a year. You know Monaco exists. You know what it is, and you, you know. So I think it'll have done the sponsorship stuff pretty good so let's let's um let's talk a bit more about the actual racing and the race weekend and everything else like that sarah what's um what did you kind of uh take away from quali um pretty much as i expected i was a a little bit disappointed where we're with where dan ended up um but i expected lando to do well um because of the practice laps that I'd seen him putting in and the times he was doing. Um, but I did expect, I expected Dan maybe to be at the lower end of the top 10, um, not quite where he was. But there's so many variables, isn't there? You know, the traffic and all of that kind of thing there. So um, when, I'm sure Dan's going to come good very, very soon. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd almost hope that it might rain, actually, which was probably a bad thing to think. Those yeah. poor fans sat in the grandstands for their first race after all these months. And there I was thinking, oh, it'd be good if it rained, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we qualified P5 and P12, which was, um, you know, pretty good for Lando. Yeah, like you say, Dan, uh, we'd like to have seen him a bit more up uh, up there. But as we all know, um, Monaco is pretty much not about overtaking, but about the jeopardy that weekend. So uh, when we got on the race, weekend and obviously um Charles Leclerc had his his engine issue um and then oh, the yeah, race itself I, I thought both both Dan and Lando got a really good clean first lap which is really important in Monaco um and you know from then on it's really about the pit stops um 
which um, you know kind of kind of can gain you or lose you positions, as we saw. Um, Some of us are more obsessed with the pit stops than others, though, aren't we? Well, I, I think this really is one of the races where you know having a good pit stop makes a huge difference. So yeah, and I think we got them spot on. I think there's two point two seconds for Lando, and I think that you know gave him a little bit of space. Um, as, as sort of Checo sort of hunted him down a little bit. Um, what did you kind of think of the race, uh, Jaco? What was your take on it? Um, yeah, disappointed for for Daniel. Uh, as I said earlier, he with, with previous teams he he showed more uh, on on in uh, in Monaco. So I think he felt very disappointed too. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a weekend to forget for him. In I think ever ever since Polly, and yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, he he is also new to the car, and especially on a street circuit, I think it's different than than a normal circuit uh, in some kind of way. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think it will get better um, with the next race, but. Uh, and I, I also read that uh, Andreas Seidel already uh, found his problem uh, from Ricardo. So I hope hopefully they can work on it. I mean, that's 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 good. I mean, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that at some point we're just going to get this like the dam that we know explode onto the scene. There will be a McLaren. turning point. Yeah, there will be a yeah. turning point. And we'll yeah. look back and think, oh, well, that was just getting used to the car and everything else. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Sarah? What did you pick up from the race? Um, I, um... Well, I guess I'd better speak about Lando to redress the balance a bit there. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I was on the edge of my seat for the last, I don't know, fifteen laps because I was really worried that Perez was going to hunt him down. We know the Red Bull's a good car. We know Perez drives well. We know he can hang on to the tyres. And we started to get radio messages, didn't we, where the team were trying to calm Lando down and Lando was saying this car's undrivable. Didn't look yeah. undrivable, did it? It looked pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so, um, I, th yeah. I think that was probably his best weekend for us, really. I think yeah. as a driver in, in that respect. Yeah. You could you could argue if you were a non-McLaren fan, yeah, but he needed Leclerc's car not to start the race. Felt very sorry for Charles, by the way, as a Monegasque, I would have liked him to have had the opportunity to drive in front of his own crowd. And then he needed Bossas's wheel nut to get stuck, you know. Yeah. And people might go, oh, yeah, but then you'd have ended up fifth. But I'd have been really happy with fifth because yeah. I think Monaco is an incredibly difficult circuit. And I didn't think we were going to do as well this weekend mm -hmm. there as we have done. So I'd have been happy with fifth. Of course, I'm bloody marvellously ecstatic about the podium. Yeah, I think mm. that's brilliant. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll run around the garden with a bottle of champagne myself. But... Um, but yeah, if we'd have only come fifth, I wouldn't have been disappointed either because I would have thought that was a good result for Monaco, looking at how fast the Red Bulls and the Ferraris were. So, you know, did you think that as well, Andy? Yeah, I, I, I was very happy with where we ended up with. And, you know, the, I would have liked double points. That's always what I look for in a race. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, it's difficult to pass. And as you say about sort of Charles and sort of Bottas's wheel, and that coulda, shoulda, woulda, and all the rest of it, it's luck. And if we, I've always said that we need to be there to pick up the pieces when other things go wrong for other teams. And if we're consistent, 100%. we will do that. And that's what we're looking for. 
And that so might, finished get us, first, it might get us first fourth in the championship, but we'll take it all yeah. away with a fight to Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're 100% right. The bottom line was we were still there. We kept it clean, and that means we are there to pick it up when someone else drops the ball. Yeah. Now, Sarah, you noticed something interesting about the trophy. Well, I was just particularly interested anyway this year because as they as they unveiled the trophy on the podium, it had its own case this year, um, a Louis Vuitton travel case that it came in where it opened up. And I know Lando mentioned that himself and actually said, I'm here for the, the case as well as the trophy. So obviously mm. uh, something he'd picked up. Um, so I read a bit about that and it turns out that Louis Vuitton have started a, a multi-year sponsorship deal with the Auto Club de Monaco. So, um, so that's something you're going to see more of going forward. I think I'd be severely tempted to save all my pennies to buy a Louis Vuitton Monaco handbag if they did one. Um, Maybe they'll do general, a mini trophy. Yeah. Oh, a mini trophy, yes. But in general, my thoughts were, you look at that trophy, the gold, the silver and the bronze versions of it on the podium, and that's an iconic trophy. It's the shape of the circuit. It looks brilliant. We all love it. Isn't that trophy so much nicer than the plastic kind of Heineken ones or the, the Santander ones we've had in previous years that look like drinking straws? Or even the monkey in France. I know you mentioned that one to me. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the Paul this, Ricard gorilla thing. Yeah, oh. this was this was a proper trophy and I really liked yeah. it. So, yeah. so my question to listeners of the podcast is, I'd like to know what your favourite F1 trophy is. Is it the Hungarian china pots that look like they've got someone's ashes in them or, <laughs> or the silverstone the silverstone trophy that never leaves the the gold cup so yeah. uh, i'd love people to tweet in and let us know what their favorite trophy is yeah i've got one but i'll, I'll tweet it later but i think you already know which one it is <laughs> um, right so uh yeah we're we're just about to wrap up now um we've got a couple of minutes left um, just to sort of finish that, you know, we're still third in the championship. We're on 70 points. Ferrari are very close to us with 68. Um, so, you know, next uh, race in Baku is going to be quite interesting. Hopefully we can get another couple of double points on that. Um, our next F1 show, however, will be uh, the Baku race weekend. However, next weekend, after the Indy 500, we're going to be joined by Gino and Kenny, who are going to give us some insights into the Indy 500 and what happened then in a sort of Indy 500 special that we're going to do. So uh, look out for that one. Um, all I've got time to say now is, uh, Yago, thank you very much for joining us this week. It's been Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, Sarah, welcome. Again, thanks. Um, and we'll wrap up for this week and we'll hopefully all speak to you again soon.